You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. So as I mentioned in my most recent sermon uh, on Sunday, I've been spending a lot of time lately watching old home movies. Um, I just recently got my hands on them. Uh, God bless my partner, Brian. Uh, He he has totally played the part of the dutiful spouse, uh, even sitting through my cringe-worthy middle school musical about George Washington. Unfortunately titled, Let George Do It. (laughs) Yeah, true story. But there there was one video that I just couldn't let him see. At least not while I was also in the room. Uh, So one night, I waited until he went to bed, and I turned it on. It was, in fact, two videos spliced together. The first was of a trip to the beach with my cousin, Christy. Uh, She was the person I loved the most in the whole world. As it turned out, that was the last time that I saw her alive. We were both 14 and we were getting ready to spend the summer together at camp and we were totally unaware as the camera rolled that she would be killed in a car accident two weeks later. The second video was of me hanging out with my friends two weeks after the accident. In that video, you can see me trying to put on a brave face and act like everything's okay. But at the time, my heart was breaking. And as the camera keeps rolling, you then begin to hear the music that we were listening to. And since we were in my bedroom, we were, of course, listening to Sandy Patty. (laughs) For those of you who didn't grow up evangelical in the 80s, Sandy Patty was like the Judy Garland or the Barbara Streisand of Christian music. and I was obsessed. My aunt actually just met her, so I'm a little, I was a little starstruck this week. Her most famous song from that era, perhaps you know it, uh, is called Another Time and Another Place. That's the song that you actually hear in my home movie that's playing. In particular, you hear the line, so I'm waiting for another time and another place where all my hopes and dreams will be captured with one look at Jesus' face. Those words capture what my church brought me up to believe. Uh, That was the entire point of the gospel. That God has prepared a mansion in the sky for those who believe, and therefore our real life is out there in the future beyond this life. That our salvation is not so much now, but later. 
and that this world, like, we're merely in a holding pattern. The message was that, sure, things might suck now, but they're going to be awesome once we die. <laughs> so just hold on. Wait. That's what I was taught. That being a Christian was all about the afterlife then. It's all about another time and another place. But then ever since I moved out of my parents' house, I have spent most of my life in churches that instead say, no, being a Christian is not about another time and another place. It's about this time and this place right here, right now. That's even something I'm, I'm sure I've said before. That following Christ isn't about what happens when we die, but it's about what happens while we live. But I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that either. I no longer believe that the Christian faith is primarily concerned, solely concerned with what happens here having little to do with what happens on the other side. Because following Jesus and the gospel, they have everything, everything to do with our death. And thank God that they do, because death is the central mystery of our lives. It's the question that we've had since we were born, the question of why we were born into a body that must one day stop working. This is the question that nags at us. It nags at me. It has nagged at me every day from my first breath, and I know that it will nag me until my last. Why? It's behind every anxious thought, every worry that wakes us up in the middle of the night. It's at the heart of the exhaustion that so many of us feel right now that leaves us wondering if life is even worth it in the first place. Is being born in the first place, is, the, is it the cruelest cosmic joke imaginable? You know, we often say in the church that Ash Wednesday is about getting in touch with our mortality so that we remember at least one day a year that we will die. Well, uh, I hope I'm not alone. I'm sure I'm not alone. And that I honestly don't know if I could get any closer to my mortality. Death is all around us. How many more reminders do we need? Therefore, we are not here tonight to simply be told that we will one day return to dust. We are here instead to hear what our death means. To hear what these ashes actually mean. And that those ashes that we will become and that those ashes we will receive tonight are not the end of us. That these ashes we receive tonight and the ashes we will become, they are just the beginning of us. 
In the gospel we heard for today, Jesus meets a man who in today's language we would say has many attachments. In his case, I'm sure his attachments were to new condos and 401ks and the next Tesla. And he asked, asked Jesus the question that all of us ask, what must I do to get in on that eternal life stuff? What must I do to escape my death? Jesus, he initially obliges and starts listing what he must do, but as the list grows, the requirements get harder and harder until the man just can't take it anymore, and he's like, hey, Jesus, I'm out. To which Jesus says, yes, precisely, you are out. Because for mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. Because for God, all things are possible. And that's because what Jesus came to tell that man that day, and what Jesus is here tonight to tell us through our sacraments and through our ashes, is that our death, it's not a problem we have to fix. It's not another thing on our checklist that we have to do. Rather, our death, these ashes tonight, they are a promise. They're not a problem. They're a promise. They're a promise that freedom is coming. A promise that the way things are now are not the way things will always be. They're a promise that our lives really are eternal. And that God holds each of us in the palm of her hand. That we are part of something much bigger. That we are part of a movement towards everlasting justice and love for all people. And that there is nothing we can do to earn this eternal life. It is a gift. And it's a gift for all people. All people. None of us will be eternally defined by the worst thing we have done. None of us. But all of us will be defined by the love of God that breathes through us and that is even now, right now, drawing all of us home. And so tonight, as you receive these ashes on your head, may you hear God's promise once again that you are loved just as you are. You have been saved by the cross just as you are. Every single one of you. <clears throat> and your eternal life, it's not waiting for you out there. Your eternal life is right here. It has already begun in this moment. It is not a promise you have to wait for in another time and at another place. It's a promise that has broken the dividing line between now and then, between death and life, so that our afterlife, our afterlife is real, but it is already flowing out from the future and into the present. The glory that God has prepared for all of us is a glory that God opens up to us now because the world is hurting too much to wait. 
the world, and all of us, we desperately need for this love of God that does not wait to be shared now. And so as you receive these ashes tonight, may you, may you feel that love of God, that promise, press into your flesh, sink deeply into your bones. May it pierce your heart. Because that love, it's already there. It's already inside of you. It's going nowhere. It's only drawing you into the promise. And no one, no one can take that from you. Amen. <laughs>